Hello, friends. This is Rick Thomas. You're listening to the Life Over Coffee podcast, and I'm so glad that you are here. This is episode 245. The title of this podcast is Rick Answers Your Many and Eclectic Facebook Questions. Yes, that's right. I had one of those rare moments this morning, and I started scrolling through my Facebook feed. I don't spend time on social media because it's a time waster personally, and we don't use our social media platforms uh, for dialogue activity for a couple of reasons. One reason is, is that we have so many questions that come into us that it's just not humanly possible to answer them. And so we have to have one bucket. We have to have one location, which is our website. Also, we don't create dialogue ministry on our social media platforms because those are all sharecropping platforms, and that's a marketing term. And what I mean by that is is that we don't own the platform. And I've talked about this for years, and I've, I've said for years, there's coming a day when those who don't like the Christian message will deplatform you. Well, we are in that day now. And so it was prophetic back then, but it is reality now. And I, I chose a long time ago not to build a ministry on any social media platform as being the primary source of our ministry, because if they don't like your message and they deplatform you, and what that means is they can just kick you off and they can ban you from the platform or they can shadow ban you. They can change the algorithm on your platform to where your your resources don't go anywhere. It's kind of like being in the Truman Show where you're inside this bubble and you're living life, but uh, you're all there by yourself and you're not a, you're in an alternate universe, uh, so to speak, and nobody's hearing you. And so we need to be careful, for those of you who do ministry, if you're building a ministry on a social media platform, just just be warned. And so we don't do that, and that's why I don't hang out there. There are other reasons as well. I just gave you two of those, but I had one of those rare moments, and I was scrolling through, and I saw, wow, there's a lot of questions here that are that are being asked, and I, I just want to make an appeal to you. And I know the people on Facebook, a lot of them, for example, don't listen. They're not listening to me now. They're not listening to this podcast. It's, and I've said this on Facebook but they just can't help themselves. They won't move off that platform to ask a question. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I, I can't live my life that way. Uh, I just don't have the time. And that's just the way it is. I'm not trying to be harsh or unkind at all. But I always, I always say it this way. If your question is important to you, then you'll do what you have to do to get an answer. And we've been very clear about where to get an answer. And you can come to our website, and we will never turn you away. And we will answer your question. But we are the ones that determine where that will happen. I was talking to my daughter today. Uh, we, This is not original with me, but we call it collecting monkeys. What that means is when somebody has a problem, it's a, their problem is a monkey. And when they have a problem or, or whatever, and they put it on you, then that monkey jumps from their shoulders to your shoulders. And if you're not careful, as I told her, you'll look like one of those Dr. Seuss books where you will have just a thousand monkeys gathered on your shoulders and it will weight you down and you can even become bitter 
because of it. And so you really do have to have the grace and the courage to say no to some request or you'll just be swamped by them. But anyway, I was out there and I, I was scrolling through this like, wow, a lot of questions here. And so I just gathered up a handful of them and I'm going to roll through them today and answer them. And so let's get after it. Question number one, some of them are questions, some of them are comments. They're in no, in fact, they're in a chronological order. That's the order. I just copied and pasted them. I did edit them uh, because well, they needed to be edited as far as grammar is concerned, and they're here in the show notes. And so if you want to read the questions, you're welcome to, but here's the answers, and I'll share with you the questions and then give you my thoughts for each one. Dan said, hey, Rick, I enjoy all your articles. Do you write Christian articles for a living? Answer, yes. Where do you find the time? Well, I've addressed part of that already. Uh, Lucia and I have spent years we spent our entire marriage uh, our 25 year relationship at this point we've been married for 23 years uh, so i guess it's 26 year relationship wow okay 26 years uh, we met on july the 24th at 10:35 in the morning 1994 and so we're coming up on 26 years and we've spent our entire life talking about time management ideas and you know how to use our time and not be anal about it where you're so legalistic and black and white that you have no spontaneity. And so our time management lives somewhere between structure and spontaneity. We have structure in our life. We're, we're well-ordered, very well-ordered. We have a lot of structure, but we also have spontaneity. And, and so there's a pneumatic element to our life as well, and there are things that happen that we, you just don't plan for. And so if you learn to live between structure and spontaneity, where you don't err on either side, you can be so structured uh, that you do become anal, and, and you're just not open to, you know, we make our plans, and God orders our steps, and you're not open and open to God ordering your steps, because you made your plans, and your plans are rigid, and you will not deviate from them. That's that's erring on the side of structure. And then you have other people who are so spontaneous. They live in spontaneity, and they they just move with the wind, and those people really don't accomplish a lot, and they both individuals can frustrate relationships. Wisdom is living in this middle area where you you understand structure and spontaneity and and you have excellent time management principles and so Lucia and I again it's a conversation that we it's an ongoing conversation in our lives and uh, and by the way we both live we live in each one of those ditches I live on military time I'm the anal person as far as rigidity and structure an organization that way, and Lucia is the spontaneous person, the social butterfly that's just flittering out there, moving around, doing doing Lucia stuff. And so we've had to work through that, and we have found a happy place. But because of that, we can, we do, we we can, we do accomplish a lot. And so Dan, to answer your question, I do write articles for a living. Now, that's not exactly what I do. It used to be when I started this website on July, this ministry on July the 3rd, 2008, it started with a blog article. Uh, at the end of July, we had about 600 hits that month, if I remember correctly, 600 people that came to our website. There was no money involved, obviously, uh, not with that low traffic, and it, it just it just continued to 
build. And then I went from articles to to podcast, and we call that repurposing your resources. And so you, you write an article one time, and then you turn that article into a podcast, same article, but it's adapted to a podcast. You repurposed it. And then you take the podcast and you turn it into a video, same article, repurposed into a podcast, repurposed into a video. And then you take a collection of articles and you repurpose it into a book. And so now you have four different mediums there. You have article content, you have podcast content, you have video content, and you have book content, and you only wrote it one time. It was just an article, and that's how we do our ministry. That's that's how, that's how we make a living. Of course, it's more involved than that, but that has been the incremental systematic process of what we do so it started out writing and of course we repurposed it and we had to create revenue streams and so forth if you read my book change me the ultimate life change handbook there's 30 something chapters there those are 30 something articles on my website i write the articles they are vetted by people people read them correct them rebuke me whatever and it allows me to go through and and refine it and make it better and then eventually by the time it gets to the book form and going through all those additions that it's really solid, solid content. And so, yes, where do I find the time? Well, again, uh, I've written on time management, and I have a time management article, a couple of them here for you, Dan. I would just encourage you to read those. Uh, it, it is imperative. It, it is just imperative that you know how to structure your day. And we're very much into family, uh, our priorities. I'm not going to get into all of this, but my priority, number one priority is my relationship with the Lord. Number two is my relationship with my wife. Number three is relationship with my children, then friends, and then it continues to work out from there. The ministry, the work, my vocation, it's not number one, two, or three. It's not. It doesn't interfere with my relationship with the Lord, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my children. It hangs out on per, uh, periphery or the circle number four or five in that area. And so having priorities in your life to where you're not smothered by it, but you can be quite efficient and you can get a lot done. And I do find that a lot of Christians do not know how to be productive because they just don't know how. And that is something that that I would just appeal to to anyone to think about. And one of the ways that you can do that is you can read these couple articles here in the show notes. Christine said, I just listened to your podcast about Beth Moore. Very good, very true. Thanks for your hard work. You're welcome. Christine, she's uh, responding to a podcast that I did. And I got in trouble for that podcast, uh, Christine. Uh, I lost some friends over that. And uh, that's just the way it works. It's funny, you know, we... We critique people we we don't like, and but if you critique people within your own camp, uh, you'll be, you can very well be alienated. And it's interesting that Christians can be just like the world that way. And it it is unfortunate, but I I shared my perspective on that, and I stand by it. I don't deviate. At all, I'm welcome to deviate, uh, but I have there, there haven't been any arguments that have come forward that are convincing that it was wrong uh, the way that well what you're responding to, Christine. But unfortunately, 
uh, some people in the Christian community, if you don't line up with them and if you don't play, if you don't play exactly, uh, it's it's kind of ironic right now in our culture. Uh, there's this there's this this racism conversation that we're having, and if you don't believe exactly the way they do about racism, uh, then then you're wrong. I mean, you have to totally lockstep with them, and and we say that that's wrong, and it is wrong. I mean, we all hate racism. We're, I mean, we're against it. We know it's evil. We know it's wrong. We don't want to be that way. We want to change. If we need to change, et cetera, we're not for it at all in any way, shape, or form. But they have a way of of saying that you should believe about it that we just don't believe. But if you don't believe like them, then you are an outcast no matter how much you hate racism. Well, Christians can do the same thing. If you speak out against anyone within your own camp, you can you can be blacklisted. And so there's been some flack over that article. But Christine, uh, that podcast that you listened to, but thank you, and I'm glad you benefited from it. Bethesda said, do you have any writings about domestic violence? Yes, uh, Bethesda, we do. Uh, we have a lot of writing. We've written a lot on abuse. You're asking specifically about domestic violence. Uh, if I take that those two words, literally, uh, the first thing you, you need to do is you need to call the civil authorities, and there needs to be civil intervention if there is domestic violence, if you're using it as, as a catch-all phrase, which I don't know uh, how you mean that. But yeah, we have a lot of writings on our website, and I'm, I'll link some articles here for you. And that's a big deal. We're talking about abuse. We're using the term domestic violence. Abuse has many different shades, and it, it means different things, and it impacts people adversely, and there's a lot of ways of thinking about it, whether it's verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, I mean, it, it, racism, I mean, all of that. All of that is violence, uh, is abuse, whatever term we want to use. I, I'm not going to get hung up on the term, but it is imperative that you get help when it is happening and so, yes, Bethesda, I want you to go on our topical index page and look under the category. Uh, I don't know the exact lettering, but is it the A category. It's like A to C. Uh, but look under abuse, and we have a lot of articles there. And I would say with all of you that we do have that free community forum, our ministry is provided for you by those who faithfully support it. Thank God that there are people who faithfully support our ministry. They love what we do, and they want us to keep on doing what we do. And without them, if they all backed away, if they all stopped, we'd be done. This would this would be over in two seconds. And so I'm very much aware that why we exist. And so Dan, you asked a question, you know, do you write Christian articles for a living? Well, yes, I, I do. One of the revenue streams or the revenue stream, honestly, because you don't make any money writing Christian articles you don't, or writing articles. You really don't. I mean, you, you would have to be John Grisham, you know, writing books or some high profile profile uh, writer for HuffPo or the Washington Post or, or wherever where you're actually paid, where you can be paid and you can make a substantial living. But that is such a small number of people, and so you're not going to make a living writing articles. I mean, ultimately, they ask, answer your question, Dan. No, you, you don't make a living. You don't make a living writing Christian articles. I've shared some ways that we repurpose our content, but ultimately, uh, the way that it works for us is that people support our ministry, just point blank. People support our ministry, and that's that's how it works. And everything that you read, everything that you see, everything that you hear that comes from us— 
it comes from them too. The community are faithful supporters. They are the backbone of this ministry. And so, uh, Bethesda, I want you to read the articles on abuse. All right, Bob writes in. This is a lengthy question, but I'll read it to you. I just got connected to Rick Thomas today, and I listened to his podcast. I'll never say you are sorry for an apology. That's kind of what it says. Uh, I say don't apologize. And what I'm saying by that, we Christians can do better than saying I'm sorry. We can actually transact forgiveness. When you say I, I'm sorry, it's a passive exercise. Uh, you, you're not engaging that person, and you're not requiring that person to say or do anything. You did something to them. You offended them. You hurt them in some way, and you say that I'm sorry. That that's is passive and lame, and it's very secular. And so I I take that and I say, don't don't ever say I'm sorry. Don't ever apologize. And that's what I mean by that. What I'm asking though, we can go way beyond that by asking for forgiveness, and this is what Bob is talking about. And so he said, I really like the biblical teaching during the session. I agree with what I heard and I learned today. I do have a question, though. As the offender, we are to confess and ask God and the person we offended to forgive us. We know that if we truly repent in our hearts that God will forgive us, and this is part of the redemption process. Yes and amen, Bob. You are right, right on. And then he asks, what if the person you ask for forgiveness is unwilling to forgive you? That is a very real possibility. And so now you're getting into what I would call attitudinal forgiveness and transactional forgiveness. Attitudinal forgiveness is what the the penitent person can ask. It's the person's attitude. I want to be forgiven. Uh, I I want I, I want this person to forgive me, and I'm I'm going. Now, attitudinal forgiveness can go the other way as well, uh, but both people can have that heart of hum. What I'm talking about is a heart of humility, that I want God to forgive me. I want this other person to forgive you. And of course, if you're asking God to forgive you, He will forgive you. He's faithful to do that. But sometimes when you ask other people, your heart is broken, you're humbled, you have an attitude of repentance that's happening, and you want to now transact forgiveness with this other person, but they don't want to do it. And that is a very real possibility. The person, if sincere in their request, Bob is saying, how do they become whole again, knowing that this person may not forgive them? Your wholeness is not dependent on how people think about you. Your wholeness is not dependent on how people respond to you. If your wholeness was dependent on how people thought about you or responded to you, well, then you you would be controlled and managed by those people. And so it's about an accent mark here. Uh, where do you put the accent mark? On God or on other people? Who has more power, persuasion over you, God or other people? Because it's not realistic to think, uh, Bob, that everybody that you sin against will be as humble and reciprocating as you want them to be. He said, this was not discussed in the podcast, and I looked on the website, thank you, and did not see a section where I could review this information. Bob, when you get into a situation like that, and you can't find it on our website, by the way, it is there, but if you can't find it on our website, then I want you to jump on our community forum and just ask so that we can help you. Again, that's what we are there for. Bob says, I understand some people may not be willing to forgive, which is their choice, that's right, and that is a freedom that everyone has. One of the things that you want to understand here, Bob, is that 
when you sin against somebody, just because you've worked it out and you're ready to repent and you're ready to ask forgiveness, it doesn't mean that they are able. See, it takes you a while to get over whatever you need to get over, and then they have to work through whatever it is that they have to work through. Now, if it lasts for days and weeks and months and years, obviously that is a significant problem because it shouldn't take that long to get over whatever the offense is. But my point here is that sometimes we can be we can be ready to go. We can be ready to get things done, but the other individual is not that way. And some personalities are, are that way. Some personalities are, are like flipping a switch on and off. I mean, they can just, boom, they're ready to go. Let's get this over with. Let's have this discussion. And there are other people that just have to process it over and over. Now, for the processors, those people that process it over and over, they need to be very careful because there's some there's a big ditch for them where they just – they, they're paralyzed by it, and they never move forward. And so it's very true. But what you're saying here, Bob, is that it is their choice. And so Paul's language in Romans 12 becomes very important, as much as it depends upon you. And so you do all that you can possibly do, but, but that has nothing to do with wholeness. If you're doing all that you can possibly do to reconcile and to be right with God and other people— then you are whole. And so there's a difference between if you're if you are defining wholeness as perfect relationships or healed relationships or reconciled relationships, then there's a good chance I imagine most of us would never be whole. Uh, because all of us have broken relationships in our life. Many of us have most of us I imagine have broken relationships in our lives. And that is not a dependent on wholeness because we just can't live in a wrinkle-free universe. We're all fallen people, and sin is just not that neat where we can iron out all of our wrinkles, and, and, and that is what wholeness is. No, that is not what wholeness is. Jesus was whole when he was on earth, but he had many adversaries. He had many people who did not like him. And so what you don't want to do is conflate wholeness with reconciliation and all of your relationships, which is one of the things that you're doing here or seems to be doing. Bob goes on to say, and I know I need to deal with this when it might happen. How does one graciously move forward and feel good about the Christian steps they took to truly right the wrong that they personally caused? They are remorseful, repentant, and have asked to be forgiven with a clear understanding that they sinned and were not right in the eyes of God or the persons that they wrong. Should be should being forgiven by God be enough? Well, in this case, yes. Yes, it is. Because, again, you can't mandate, manipulate, or force righteousness on other people, at least for now, to uh, not to allow that other person to deal with the sin in their own time, yes. And that's what I was saying earlier, some people need time. Now, there's limits to that. But again, even if the person never transacts, it goes on for days and weeks and months and years and never seems to be right, again, that that should not affect you. In fact, that should strengthen you because that gives you an opportunity to lean even more into God and find a greater strength that you could not find otherwise. Bob finishes by saying, I know that there can be some repercussions, and the person you're asking to forgive you might hold this against you, and yet we need to present a good spirit and a loving manner on a day-to-day basis, right? 
I'm looking for some suggestions to keep a proper godly perspective to move forward. Well, I've given thank you, Bob, for this uh, question here. It's very good, and I've given you a good bit of advice here, and I've got some links here that I want you to read, and that will be helpful. And as again, you can jump on our website and you can ask us questions so that we can continue to flesh it out. Kim says, he provides sound advice backed by biblical counsel for real-life situations. Rick Thomas' podcasts and articles help expand our thoughts in varying difficult issues. Listening to the array of podcasts that we may not think always seem to provide, uh, may, may not think we need always seem to provide something of relevance to add to our life toolbox as we grow in God. When reading articles, he also adds additional articles that may also be helpful. I recommend him to everyone. Kim, thank you so much for saying that. I do want to highlight one point, is that, yeah, if you're listening the way that you're listening, Kim, you will gain stuff even when it's not. it doesn't seem like it's for you. And so I like your point here, and that's what I want to highlight. You said listening to the array of podcasts that we may not think we need always seems to provide something of relevance to add to our life toolbox. That's also how you want to read the Bible. You want I talk about this as reading expectantly. You want to be expectant readers. And so you just, you know God's going to be there. You believe that this is something that you should read. And if you believe this is something that you should read, whether it's the Bible or, or even the newspaper for that matter, you want to read expectantly, knowing that the Spirit of God will illuminate your mind and, and bring things to mind that you just did not think about before. Uh, some of the best articles, I think, that I've written have been secular cliches or phrases or, or, or a turn of word from, from people that don't even love God because you want to listen that way and you want to read that way. And so I, I, like, I like what you said there, Kim. Ellen said, can your articles be printed? Yes, go to the bottom of any article on our website, and you can you can print them. There's a print button, and so you can print them, Ellen. Just go to the bottom, and hit. you'll see a little printer icon, and you click on it, and it'll take you where you need to go. Jenny says, is there an age limit to our mastermind program? Yeah, you have to be able to read. Right. <laughs> no, there's not an age limit necessarily. I want to uh, tie this into another question. A, a pastor wrote in and said, I want to take the mastermind program, but I know that you're full. And so there's a waiting list. We're not full. There's not a waiting list. So stop. Get on. Come on. Get on board. There's not a waiting list. You're welcome. Come on board. There's some information on our website about the Mastermind Program if you want to read about that. As far as age limit, well, that's a tricky question. I'll probably have to finish with this one and maybe do another podcast later because I have more questions here. But, Jenny, let me, so I don't short-circuit you, let me give you a fuller answer here. There's not an age limit necessarily. Obviously, you need to be able to read, write, and do arithmetic. But... Uh, one of the things that I've found is our mastermind program doesn't work well for young people. I'm talking about people in their 20s. We do have people in their 20s who are doing it. We've never had a person in their 20s to finish it, by the way. We've had a lot start. A lot of them start, and they don't finish it. There's a reason for that, and and I don't I don't mean this critically, but there's a maturity aspect to this program, and there's also a desperation aspect. 
you have to have a certain level of maturity and a certain level of desperation. And what I mean by desperation is is that you come to that place in your life where you <laughs> you have more you have more questions than answers. And and we all know this that when you're younger, you have more answers than questions. Uh, we tend to be a l- little more omniscient when we are younger and a little more ignorant when we are older. That's how it should go. Uh, anyway, um, because what happens, the, the more life that you live, the more complex things become. And then you get a spouse and you get a children, you get children. And again, the opportunity for problems increase exponentially as you get older and you come to the place where you realize you just don't know everything. And, and so there's more desperation when you get into 35 years of age and 40 and 45 and you keep adding five years there's a growing realization that you just don't have all the answers and you're you're gaining more and more problems because of well you have more and more life experience and so it, when you're when you're little you have virtually youngsters you have virtually no issues and you're taken care of just use that as an illustration and life is good in a normal home. But then as you get older and get more out on your own, it gets more and more complicated and you become more desperate and you look for answers. And that's why the people who really thrive in our program are 35 and older people. Uh, now, we would love, as far as age limit, I, I, yeah, I don't care. It's like you're 18, you want to do it, come on board, we want you do it, but you need to understand it, uh, and and that is a thing. There is a clear demographic break or an age limit break around 35 years of age, even though we want anyone to come and take uh, take the program, uh, but if you're mature enough and desperate enough, uh, you'll do well. Episode 245, Rick answers your many eclectic Facebook questions. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee. Thank you.